Waka, 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 everyone, and welcome to Wii Universe. This is the show where we are talking about every single game on the Wii U. We're playing them in random order, and then we're talking about them. Today, we've got a couple of games called Pac-Man and the Ghostly Adventures. Yes, they're both called that, technically. Uh, one has a two at the end of it, but, you know, that's just for copyright reasons. Uh, they are sure, that's true. They were going to get sued by themselves from the past. You know, not to get too far ahead, but they are pretty similar games. Uh, so, you know, you can you can make the argument that it's one game. But I'm not going to do that today. I'm sorry if I'm rambling. I've just got, like, a, a really nasty case of Pac-Man fever. Uh, it's really, Ooh, it's really yeah. driving me crazy, so I apologize for that. <laughs> I am Steve Guntley. Hi. Hello, I'm Woody Siskowski. I'm the round mound of pellet production. <laughs> and... <laughs> Which is actually kind of a, a good description of a rabbit. I was just thinking that. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a good, that, you know, I, I, I like a good rabbit. They produce a lot of pellets. Yeah, yeah. Also, um, you said waka 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 at the beginning. I did. And I wonder, like, did the did Pac-Man steal that from Fozzie or was waka waka just the... Uh, I think I think like it's just the says the onomatopoeia. Yeah, I, I, I don't think, I don't think Waka Waka was ever what Pac-Man was saying. I think that's that's what we've simplified it to because that's kind of what it sounds like. Uh, okay, so yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and maybe we are conflating some of our fuzzy memories in there as well. You know, it, the, the mind <laughs> is just a dreamscape. It's just a wonderful, wondrous thing. Um, yeah, that's true. We're gonna be talking about uh, these games and more, but uh, you know what, what? What else are we playing right now? I, I have a sure. lot of answers to this right now, so I'll let you go first. Oh, goodness me. Okay, well, um, I've actually been playing a Nintendo 64 <gasps> game. That's um, unprecedented. Yeah, exactly. It's We've never done that before on this show. Um, there was a recent mod released, or uh, ROM hack, um, that the a few a few different people worked on a few modders on um, one of them being uh Kaze who we interviewed with a while ago who's kind of a big big wig in the world of Mario 64 ROM hacking yeah. and this is the Mario 64 randomizer oh um which basically um assigns a just the same as any sort of roguelike game assigns a random seed to every every new game you start where it really mixes up essentially everything that can be mixed up like any any picture that you jump in will take you to a different world so like you start with the door to bob on battlefield open but then you jump in and it might take you you know to the lava land or whatever and then if you die you come out of the lava land level but then if you jump back in that will take you to another random level um, and then sort of the star locations are all mixed up. The spawning locations in all the worlds are mixed up. Um, so it, you know, as with all randomizers, um, there's sometimes things are wonky and weird, um, but it really gives you a cool way to re-explore some of these levels. Um, and it's like, for Mario 64, I've played through the earlier worlds so much more than the later right. ones. So it's cool to be able to like jump in and like be right at, you know, TikTok clock or whatever, depending on how the seed goes. So it's, you know, as is my experience with most ROM hacks, it's sort of half playing and half just kind of generally being in awe of slash messing around with. Sure. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because it, it, it's sort of much cooler in, theory um 
but it is it is still also pretty cool in practice. Um, so yeah, that's that that's the uh, Super Mario sixty four randomizer. I think definitely worth checking out if you feel like you've played Super Mario sixty four every which way. Yeah. Here's another way to play there's, it. There's another one. Okay, that sounds awesome. Yeah, you can find yeah. our interview. We had a whole episode uh, just interviewing Kaze. He's a very interesting dude who does a lot of really cool projects. So definitely yeah. check that out. Uh, as for me, I got my Steam Deck. It came in really Ooh. quickly. I, I was expecting it to be a couple of weeks, but uh, no, it, it came in within like three days of me ordering it. So uh, no, yeah, that, that's very it's, cool. It's exciting uh, that they really, I think, actually got pretty caught up on the pre-orders and are able to just ship them out um, faster than I had anticipated. Man, after waiting like, I mean, like a full two years to finally get a PS5 and like yeah. just kind of like agonizing over that whole process, it was a real relief that I could just click on the website, say, I would like to order this, and it shows up three days later. Pretty yeah. great. Uh, yeah, I'm loving it. It's it's a really cool uh, little design. It's a great little machine. Um, I find myself downloading a lot of like really bizarre idle simulation games so i don't know what that means i've been playing well i've been playing jurassic world evolution which is a uh, a management simulator where you are building your own jurassic park and uh okay. raising dinosaurs and stuff like that gotten kind of into it you're growing your own chris pratt Damn, there is a chris pratt in there that's not chris pratt like jeff goldblum does provide his voice but chris pratt is like they they have his face and like the guy sounds nothing like him uh, and then I've also been playing a game called House Flipper, which is this cheap kind of goofy little OCD thing for me, um, <laughs> where you're just going around fixing up houses, getting rid of trash. Uh, you know, they don't give you a lawnmower, but they do give you a flamethrower, so you can just like burn the lawn oh. down. Yeah, that's efficient. And some of the places you can buy and like restore and flip are are little clever references. Like I found the uh, the apartment from Friends. Uh, there's the house from Home Alone that you can buy. Somebody designed okay. um, the the room from Silent Hill Four. The room that was the deepest cut I found. Oh. I appreciated that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and then I've been uh, uh, trying out the Ascent once again. That's a game I talked about oh, yeah. a long time ago. Uh, it was on the Xbox One, but I, I was loving the look and the gameplay. But I was having real issues with the obscenely long load times in that Xbox One version, so I thought I'd hold off until I got onto a, a next-gen console, and this is running the way it should, and it's great. And I'm really uh, I'm really oh. getting into it again, and uh, I'm looking forward to finishing that up. But yeah, playing a lot of games right now. I'm very excited. Yeah. The Steam Deck is uh, very conducive to actually making you play games. Yes. Because it's just... it's The store is so clean and accessible, and the games are so cheap, yeah. for the most part, on Steam, and then you just boot up and for games that work on steam deck it works very yes. well oh vampire survivor is the other one you you uh oh, yeah. you tipped me off on that one and uh what a bizarre game because it's like yeah it, it's basically just one step up from an idle game you know like yeah. it's it, you're just watching like your your uh your bonuses like multiply into ridiculous levels but it's so addictive uh, yeah, I, I, yeah it, it really is just that that visual thing of just watching more and more projectiles kind of fly off of your character. Yeah, after a while, you're not even sure what you're looking at. I, I got to a point, I think I had a run where I got to level 127 or something ridiculous. Wow, nice work. It was work. a really fun run. I, it's all that garlic. You got to like level up that garlic as quickly <laughs> yeah, as you can. I've had good luck with the garlic. Uh, but man, it was like it was a point where like it was just so thick with like pixels that I had no idea what I was even <laughs> looking at anymore. Like I yeah. just couldn't see it anything uh 
So it was very cool, and uh, somehow it is a total Castlevania game without ever giving credit to Castlevania. Like, some of the monster designs are lifted straight from Castlevania. Yeah, it is weird. It seems like the bats are basically just, they took the sprite. Yeah, they have that little, like, bone dragon, you know, that one face is left, one face is right. Like, there's a bunch of those. Like, it's pretty crazy, but really fun game. Yeah, definitely a good good $4 to give you your money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's all it is. It's yeah, it's one of the few games um, that I can play upside down. Like, yeah. it I, like a while ago, I, <laughs> I I pulled a hamstring, and so I was just lay like laying on the, my back with my leg like suspended against the wall, and I'm like, I'll play some Vampire Survivors while I'm doing yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it might almost even enhance the uh, experience. But yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, but cool game. Uh, well, let's talk about another couple of games here. We're talking about Pac-Man and the Ghostly Adventures. All right. So the first one uh, was released October 29th, 2013. It was developed by Monkey Bar Games and published by Namco Bandai. Wow. It's almost, uh, it's, it's an anniversary. Oh, wow. Yeah, it is. It is tomorrow. Yeah. Happy. Yeah. I... yeah where are you guys? Mark your cat. Call in. If you work on Saturday, call in and be like, sorry, I can't come in. <laughs> Nine-year anniversary of Pac-Man and the Ghostly Adventures on Wii it's, U. It's Ghostly and they'll, Adventures they'll, they'll Day. They get it. They get yeah, it. Yeah, they, exactly. this will be releasing uh, the day uh, of Pac-Man's birth. Good for him. Um, <laughs> this was also released on PS3, 360, 3DS, and Windows. Uh, so, you know, we've talked about Pac-Man before. He's come up a few times. We did a, He's kind of a big deal. Of a we big don't mean deal. to oversell it. Yeah, but. He, he, uh, he came up uh, in our Namco Museum episode and again in the Ms. Pac-Man Maze Madness, although that was mostly about the, uh, the now absent Ms. Pac-Man. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, there is a whole other kind of side to the Pac-Man legacy, and that is in, like, 3D platformers, uh, which is yeah. kind of surprising. But it is a pretty robust, like, experience there. Um, I mean, it is odd that like when you think, you know, when you think Pac-Man, I think anyone is going to imagine the, you know, the blue and black maze and walk a walk around with the dots. But there's been so Pac-Man has been alive and well and putting out games for uh, since those games came out. Yeah. Yeah. And they're all, you know, a lot of 3D platformers in there. And it's just it's odd to have sort of. You know, he's, there's probably more 3D Pac-Man platformers than there are sort of maze-based games. Yeah, anymore, um, that seems to be kind of the standard. I mean, at least it was for a while. Um, yeah, well, because, I mean, it's it's a fairly tough sell to be like, hey, this is just a remake of Pac-Man and maze-based. Like, there's been a lot of those. A lot of them are good. Like, Championship Edition is a lot yeah. of fun. Um, but there's at some point only so much you can do with that. Right. And, but I mean, it's interesting because there's nothing particularly about the design of Pac-Man that, that makes him seem conducive to like this type of gameplay. Like, you know, our original impression of him is just as a circle. I mean, I guess technically he did always have feet, you know, like the, the original, the original arcade, like the side of the, the illustration on the side was Pac-Man uh, kind of, he looked more like a ghost, you know? He was, like, like okay. longer, and he had those two little feet. So I guess we're to understand that he does have little feet under there. And even, like, I mean, who could forget the uh, original Atari 2600 cover uh, of, like, a, a lanky buck-toothed Pac-Man, like, running through a hedge maze, you know? So, like, he, he has limbs, historically. Yeah, I, I feel like Pac-Man exists in a similar space to Sonic the Hedgehog, um, where... His design is sort of visually appealing, hence the uh, level of his success. Yeah. Like, I think that 
circles are and triangles just look nice and when you combine them <laughs> um you can you can do make good characters yeah, um, it's, it, and it's just but, simple it's there's simple recognition there yeah yeah but his actual move set is kind of just like hey he can go around and eat things yeah. you know sonic hey he can run around and go fast and so it's really you really in these new quote unquote newer even though as discussed this game's nine years yeah. old um happy anniversary yeah. um it's they really have to use your imagination on like okay what what else can we do with pac-man yeah yeah and i mean i think the first game to actually explore like what if pac-man had a slightly different gameplay style was called pac-land it came out in 1984 and it's a it's a very colorful it looks kind of like hand-drawn and it's a side-scrolling platformer it's not a terribly interesting game but it's got a distinctive look and it kind of redesigned pac-man in a a more anthropomorphized way. He now had like two little legs and two little arms and a big smile and he wore a fedora, you know, so oh, he, 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 yeah, I'm seeing, I'm seeing, uh, some footage. That, that's a, a really cute looking yeah, game. He's a, he's a little happy, smiley guy. I think there is a stage in the newest smash brothers that is based off of Pacland, If that looks familiar at all. Okay. Uh, so, you know, that was the first one to really do it. And then I think another game that really get, deserves a lot of credit for pushing it in this direction is the very bizarre Pac-Man 2 The New Adventures. Uh, yeah. Which we, I feel like we've talked about a lot on this show for well, some reason. It's a totally baffling game. It is a game. baffling game. It is, it, it's not a game that you necessarily control. It's a game where you make suggestions for the character of what he should do, and he may or may not decide to follow your instructions. Yeah, and you have two ways of doing this. You can either point, you can press Y and point in a different direction, and Pac-Man will sort of turn around and go that way. Or you have a slingshot with a crosshairs pointed at the screen where you can shoot things and to get Pac-Man's attention, or you can like shoot an apple out of a tree to like demonstrate gravity or shoot obstacles in his way. It, it's a very, I don't know, there's a very weird genre that we don't see very much anymore, which is the genre where you give characters sort of instructions on what they should do. Yeah, we've, we <laughs> talked about it a little bit with this import game called Wonder Project J2. Uh, we did yeah. an episode on that a long time ago. But uh, uh, yeah, it's an interesting kind of like, it reminds me a little bit of like Manhole or early like uh, Mac games. Yeah. It's like, oh, we just invented oh. the mouse for home computers. Let's see what... Lemmings or Trottlers, yeah. something where the characters just kind of go and then it's up to you to like keep them safe right yeah it's an interesting kind of concept but that game does it's like it's more story based it is kind of like playing an interactive cartoon to a degree and you get a lot of like pac-man's home life pac-man characteristics and notably he did have legs and arms and he jumped and ran uh, well that's the other thing too is like i think that pac-man has always kind of had a media presence outside of the video games like the video games were so ubiquitous for a yeah. while that like even people like as you referenced earlier your case of pac-man fever like that song was a it hit. hit like number eight right. on the billboard charts if i remember yeah, yeah it was a top it, 10 exactly and can you like it would be so bizarre if there was a song about like one specific video game like i could see maybe like Fortnite. i got a Fortnite like, fever yeah yeah let's do it <laughs> there would be so few games it's like um that would it's like ah doing the elden ring boogie <laughs> elden ring boogie uh, i want to do that, the elden ring boogie <laughs> have that sort of wide appeal that they would you know could make a whole song about it um but like pac-man was in a series of cartoons i have like a weird 
Pac-Man storybook Christmas album. Yes. Oh my god. What is it based um, off the Hanna Barbera cartoon where he's got yes. the insane voice? Like the, yep. the three pack a day smoker version of Pac-Man. <laughs> three pack with a no K. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, and it's just odd that they establish like really at its core, Pac-Man. It's about family. It's about family. It's like, like Fast and Furious. He's hanging out. Yeah, he's hanging out with his kid. He's being a good father. Mm. And uh, then they all kind of go on their own sort of adventures. But, but they always get back together at the end of the day with for a Corona and a barbecue. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, this, I think that these games that we've played today um, are based on a cartoon. They are, yeah, yeah. That, it, yeah. It's called Pac-Man and the Ghostly Adventures. And it's, uh, it's interesting as a concept because this was created by Avi Arad, who uh, you might know that name from the credits of the Spider-Man movies. Uh, he is an oh, Israeli wow. film executive who was president of Marvel Studios uh, back in the early days. He produced like Blade and X-Men and Iron Man. So he's kind of a big deal in the world of movies. Uh, and Arad claims that Pac-Man has long been his favorite pop culture figure since he was a little kid growing up in Israel. And uh, so he wanted to make a TV show all around that character. I, I mean, I kind of thought that was a nice idea. It's like, here's, that's what you should do if you got all the money in the world, you know, and you could invest <laughs> in anything. Like, maybe Pac-Man was not the most relevant figure to kids in 2012, but fuck sure. it. Like, here, reintroduce <laughs> them to Pac-Man. Bring him back. I, I like that idea. Um, so, yeah, it, 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 to make the character a little more relatable to younger audiences, uh, the character here was made a 13-year-old boy attending a prestigious high school called Maze High School uh, in the world of Pac-World. And he has two friends named Cylindria and Spiralton, uh, and uh, they're all basically just shapes, like, in this world, so everybody's, like, some kind of pun on a shape. Yeah, I'm not crazy. Like, I like the way Pac-Man looks in this design. Yeah. Um, I think that he still looks enough like Pac-Man and is very expressive in his movements and stuff. I don't really like the way any of the other characters in this look. No, the friends are totally uh, interchangeable to me. Yeah, because basically they're like, okay, what is the design of Pac-Man and Pac-World is that everyone is kind of round. Right. But they're all just like different variations of round. Yeah. And and like yeah it's like pac-man is a perfect circle with a mouth but then everyone else is either like kind of oblong or they, they all kind of look like sports mascots um it, but like but like, to, like ones that didn't get made like like suggest yeah. like first draft sports mascots yeah yeah, yeah they're it, and they all all the voices in these sound like rusi taylor they all do which, and which is weird because none of them are rusi taylor but they all yeah. do sound like that yeah and like to be clear, like Rusie Taylor, who you know is Minnie Mouse or um, a bunch of you know, she she does some of the kids in The Simpsons. Yeah, right? some like of the, the kids. Friends. Yeah, she's she's uh, uh, Muppet Babies, things like that. Yeah. yeah, obviously like a great voice actor, but I think that she succeeds in moderation. Sure, like the voice is very recognizable when, when all of your characters sound kind of like that it really grates that's true it's true because i mean she was always brought in to do those like high-pitched squeaky characters that no one else could yeah. reach that register yeah and so it does grate a little bit i mean the show aired on disney xd uh in 2011 i believe is when it started uh, i lasted two seasons i think it was a reasonable sized hit i know they made some like toys and a couple of like spin-off movies which were released exclusively on Redbox which I think makes them the least huh. watched things of ever maybe right <laughs> they yeah, must be probably um yeah. yeah so I mean this these are based on a TV show as well 
And I mean, as far as other Pac-Man platformers, I think the big one that really kind of tipped him uh, towards a new sort of uh, uh, direction in his career was Pac-Man World. It came out on the uh, PlayStation 1 in 1999. And it's just like a, a solid like Mario 64 style like uh, platformer game, uh, which I've, I've played this game. I think it's a it's a charmer. Um, yeah, no, the, there's a lot of, um, you know, we played Pac, uh, Miss Pac-Man Maze Madness for the N64. Which I really and liked, like, yeah. Yeah, that, that's a very fun game. And it's, I mean, I do think that they hit on something to be like, mm, what if we just kind of take the basic premise of moving and running around and collecting stuff? Like, that is what a 3D platformer is based yeah. on. And so, like, I don't think the many of these games are very ambitious, but they are, I think, built on a pretty solid foundation. Yeah, exactly. They've, they're, they're just, like, really good for what they are. And, like, if you just want kind of a, a fun, solid 3D platformer, these are the ones to go to. Um, you know, and that game was a big hit. It sold, like, 2 million copies on the PS1. And then it had uh, Pac-Man World 2, which launched with the PS2 and was an even bigger hit, like, because it was one nice. of the early yeah. platforms you can get. And I guess for some reason, Pac-Man World 3 sort of killed the series. Uh, huh. And I'd, I've never really heard of this game being particularly bad or anything, but uh, the, this one sold less and fans were a little more lukewarm on it. And so basically the platforming branch of like Pac-Man's career basically broke off right there. I mean, outside of these two games we're talking about today, it's all been like party games or kart racers or just kind of going back to the original formula. So okay, for whatever okay. reason, Pac-Man World 3 apparently bad enough to just completely kill a franchise, uh, but I've never heard of it. I've never heard of it being particularly huh. anything. Yeah, strange. Yeah. Either way, that's where Pac-Man is as we get into this game. Uh, for these developers, we've talked about Monkey Bar games pretty recently. They did the uh, Ben 10 games as well as everyone's mm. favorite, Turbo Super Stunt Spectacular. <laughs> uh, these two games we're talking about today are their very last games ever. R.I.P. Okay. to the great monkey bar games. <laughs> uh, so this game is based loosely based on a season one episode of the show. It's called Betrayus Turns Up the Heat. Uh, it shows Pac and his friends. They are going to meet an absent-minded professor named Sir Comference uh, to meet. This yeah. ga th these games are built upon a lot of sort of irritating puns and sort of air like the movie Airplane style wordplay. I think like, they do um, use the Shirley joke. They, they, they definitely do um, at some point in the character at some point in the first game, you walk around and you're like, hi, you know, Mr. Bonzo, what's up? And he'll be like, oh, the sky clouds. And it's kind of gro It's it's all very groany. It, it um, definitely feels like this does not feel like a cartoon from 2012. OK, this, you know, no. because think of what's uh, what else is on TV at this point. It's like Adventure Time and Gravity Falls, things like that yep. that are much more sophisticated. I think uh, uh, kids' TV stopped being abjectly dumb like by the late 90s, and I think this feels kind yeah. of like it's harkening back to a, a dumber Saturday morning era. In yeah, a fun and I, way you at know, times. But... Sometimes, but like, wasn't Gravity Falls also a Disney XD yeah, show? Yeah, yeah. and like, when I think about that and be like, okay, so these these both these shows are sort of targeting the same audience, um, whereas like if I had watched Gravity Falls, like when I was, you know, 13, I would have totally dug yeah. it. Uh, but like this Pac-Man show feels very much like 
you're looking for like maybe seven year olds. Yeah, yeah. Like, this feels like it is skewing a little younger. You know, I I tried watching an episode of this. I couldn't really get into it. Like you said, I, I found the voices to be a little bit annoying, and uh, I don't know. I just I started watching it. And my attention was drifting. I'm just like, yeah, I don't, I don't really care to watch this. Yeah. Um, but uh, that being said, like the story being lame and everything, like I I found this game to be kind of fun. Um, so. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I, I mean, this is a, a pretty unambitious platformer as far as these things go. Uh, this is basically just like Pac-Man in Ratchet and Clank. Uh, I think that's probably the yep. closest yep. similarity. I mean, the worlds look very Ratchet and Clanky too, without the level of polish, of course. But uh, they do. Yeah, look very well, similar. especially like yeah, the first the first world is kind of this futuristic city, Pac Pac Apocalypse. I can't say Pac Apocalypse. I can't say it. Yeah, I keep wanting to say Apocalypse, but it's Pacopolis. Yeah. That's yeah, it. there you That's go, Pacopolis. Um, and it's built on lots of sort of tubes that will pull Pac-Man um, from one platform to the also, other. Wait, I which just I have think to is stop. Kind of a is is the city thing. named yeah. after him? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let, let's let's take a moment here and and, and dig into a couple yeah, of things. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we get the impression that you know Pac-Man is kind of a celebrity among this city. Yeah. Like as he goes around, people know who he is and kind of rely on him. To save the town. It's the, it's the place because, where everyone knows his name. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, Betrayus is always sort of wrecking havoc with the town. He's the Dr. Wily of this yeah. game. Um, but the part that I don't understand is we're kind of to assume that, like, Pac-Man is, like, a Pac-person. And that everyone in this town is also kind of a Pac-person. Right. You know, because like they're they're whatever sort of species they are, but they're all the same kind of thing. Um, so the part I'm confused about is why is everyone afraid of ghosts when Pac-Man like Pac-Man has the ability to just eat these ghosts, yeah. and but no one else does. No, apparently, no one else does. So yeah, okay. So he is like surveilling this entire city while also being a high schooler. And it's like a large yeah. city. Uh, uh, yeah, it's it's kind of portrayed as like this over the top, like a futuristic, like metropolis with like all these layers and you know sky cars and things like that. Yeah, it, I, like, I the, the logistics some, of it are pretty staggering. But is there like some mutation in Pac-Man's blood that gives him the ability to eat ghosts? Like yeah, I, I, don't I just know think why it's everyone odd. They, just can't eat a ghost. Yeah, they never sort of articulate why Pac-Man has this ability and like these games there's no uh there's no power pellets here, no uh, which which you always think of as kind of like that's the heart of pac-man like that's what the original pac-man game is about it's like the hunter becomes the hunted right and the, um, the and power pellets here that, are replaced with like costume changes basically where you you get new right. abilities uh based on that but uh, there's no point where you're like just getting super big or something and then running around in maze eating a bunch of ghosts because you can yeah you can always eat a ghost like you they don't have to change color or something you just sort of run next to them and press a y and pac-man will dash at them and, and chomp them down but it, it it does yeah it is like part of the reason why they needed to expand and revise the history of this character a little bit more than what they knew because here's what they knew uh pac pac-man is a shape he eats ghosts <laughs> that's what yeah. they knew uh, and, uh, so they're trying to build everything off of that, but it creates some weird kind of, uh, uh dissociative moments here. Like for example, the four main ghosts from the original Pac-Man, Inky, Binky, Pinky, and Clyde, 
they are friendly ghosts. They're like the only ghosts mm-hmm. in the whole universe that are friendly. The rest are all evil and they're leaking out. Well, them, the and, them and Casper. Oh, yes, of course. Uh, but Pac-Man, they say explicitly in this game that he gains his powers from eating the eyes of these ghosts. Like you're supposed to yeah. collect eyes and give them to a doctor so he can upgrade you and make you stronger. Now, so I don't know they, if they, I they, could they, be friendly with someone who subsisted almost entirely on the eyes of my species. I don't know. Yeah, Maybe that's and just they, me. they say this at the beginning when the sort of the tutorial comes up. They're like, okay, you eat ghosts and collect their eyes. And then the game even says, like, gross, I know, but you need it for power. And I never actually got over the grossness. Like, I know yeah. that the game is aware of it, but at the end of every level, you'll collect like a piece of fruit as, as signaling the end of the level. And then Pac-Man will burp and all of the eyes, the ghosts that you've eaten, the eyes will sort of fly out of Pac-Man's yeah, mouth. Every level which culminates is, with you it, vomiting it, all of the eyes that you've ingested. Yeah, it's it's weird and gross. And they, the second game has many, many improvements. Yeah. But I think the one that I found the most improving was the fact that you no longer uh, burp up the eyes at the end of every yeah, level. Yeah, I appreciate uh, I appreciated not having to think about that. Uh, yeah, it is very odd. But, you know, this is a pretty standard uh, 3D platformer. You run around, eat a bunch of pellets to get extra lives. Uh, you have a single chomp attack, which you can kind of chain together if there's a bunch of ghosts in the area. Sometimes you use that to travel over gaps. Like there's there's a line of uh, ghosts over at a gap. You just chomp, chomp, chomp your mm-hmm. way over. Uh, you also have uh, a, a scare ability, which I never fully figured out what did that did like it turned all the ghosts blue and makes them a little afraid of you for a moment yeah i think it just kind of stuns them um because you know they can still you start with three hearts the ghosts can still you do your damage if you you know they throw something at you before you can lunge at them and if you if you spook them um they won't attack yeah but it, it's not all that useful it's really like, not like it's slow enough to execute that you'll usually get hit by a ghost before you can finish the move anyway so it's kind of doesn't yeah for like there. It is odd for, like, the original sort of canon of Pac-Man, which is that ghosts will, like, just touching one of these ghosts will make Pac-Man, like, just melt into, like, a yellow pool. Um, The fact that now you can just run around and just, like, instantly chomp down on them does feel a little antithetical to that original thing. Um, But it works okay. For whatever reason... um, I found this game almost aggressively boring. Um, I It was like the fundamentals in this first game. Um, I thought, I'm like, okay, this seems like an okay foundation and everything is kind of working here. Right. But like the environment felt so just repetitive. Yeah. And like I was just jumping from platform to platform, going in these tubes. And then it was like, all right, now eat these 10 ghosts and now go to the next platform that i had a really hard time staying engaged with it yeah i'm i'm with you there on this one uh you know the the camera was a problem in this game too uh i really struggle with that because it was always just getting caught on things or like juddering its way through walls things like that i yeah I, i agree i think the foundations are pretty strong but this one wasn't really grabbing my attention. I think it was kind of a lackluster story that I wasn't interested in. It, it, the visuals just look kind of like a less polished Ratchet and Clank, and uh, the gameplay isn't as fun as that. Like, I shouldn't be thinking too much about a better game that I'd rather be playing while I'm playing this game. 
yeah, it's very much like um, they sort of built the core fundamentals of like, all right, we can get Pac-Man to move and have all this stuff kind of work. And then it was just like, uh, all right, now throw some platforms on there. There, there, there's no sort of attention paid to making things very interesting. Right. And I actually really enjoyed playing both of these games back to back because I think it is a really sort of demonstrative point of like how much the little things can make a big difference in games. I'm with you. Because, yeah, let's let's, let's yeah, transition to like, that game. Yeah, let's yeah, go to the second I one. I think that's the. I, I, it sounds like we had both a similar reaction to this one. Yeah. Uh, Pac-Man and the Ghostly Adventures Two was released October 14th, 2014. So just about a year later, uh, mm-hmm. uh, developed by the same people, published by the same people, available on the same systems. Uh, not really much to say about the development here. I think the first one slightly overperformed, both critically and commercially, and so they fast-tracked a TV show, or the, the, I mean, they fast-tracked the sequel. Uh, which came out a year later. The show was over by the time this game came out, so this is not based on anything specifically from the show. It's kind of building out its own story. But it is weirdly the same exact story, uh, where Betrayus uh, has unleashed a giant robot on the city, (laughs) and you have to fight it. They even call it out in the game. They're like, wait, another giant robot? They're like, yeah, we know. He's not very original. All right, go get him. Which is always one of those things. It's like, I kind of think it's funny, but it also annoys me because it's like you're acknowledging that you did a lazy job and like that doesn't excuse you doing a lazy job, but whatever. But like, you know, once there's sort of those initial cutscenes, it just it just throws you into the game. Like they they don't revisit the cutscenes. No, they really don't. Um, Yeah. And like you said, this this is not terribly different from the original game, but they just make a lot of little uh, quality of life upgrades that really just make a massive difference. Yeah, it was. A, I was totally surprised by how much more I enjoyed this game than. The oh, first absolutely! One. I like, played through two worlds already. Like it's 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 addictive and it's fun. Yeah, like the first game, I would kind. If you put that in front of me, I'd be like, "Uh, yeah, this is okay for what it is, but like, there's just nothing that they can do with this." Like. It's just Pac-Man's moveset is too boring or like the environments are too unoriginal. And here, like their Pac-Man's moveset is generally the same. This game doesn't look substantially better than the first one. I think the camera is much better. Well, they like you it's have a, no it's a locked cam- camera now. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, but it, it, it always shows you what you need. Um, and yeah, Pac-Man has the same movesets. The first environment of the city, Pacopolis, is the same visually. Yeah. But it's so much, there's so much more to do. It's livelier, yeah. Like, there's yeah. so many more obstacles um, that kind of mix up the level. The level, the individual levels themselves are shorter, um, but there are more of them per world, mm-hmm. um, which I, I think is a better way to do it generally. There are lots uh, of, like, hidden and, bonus stages throughout every level mm-hmm. that'll take you to, like, these 2D side-scrolling sections, like, that are totally different from the 3D sections. Yeah, and um, they, they, they sort of in, integrate um, Pac-Man's different abilities just a lot better. Like, in the first game, you get the ability to get, like, a chameleon suit that allows you to grab onto things like a grappling hook or go invisible. But, like... The grappling doesn't work very well, and when you go invisible, you can just run past a bunch of enemies. Which Here, usually like, like doesn't even matter, because usually you need to kill all the enemies on the screen to progress anyway. So them not seeing you really had no impact on anything. 
Yeah, exactly. And here they just find a lot of sort of better ways to integrate stuff. Like your ice suit will allow you to um, freeze enemies and use them as platforms. You also have the ability to switch back and forth between sort of regular Pac-Man style and um, whatever pickup form yeah, you have. Yeah, that was nice. Um, which, yeah, which isn't tremendously useful, but it's still cool. Um, yeah, it's just like, this is a game that feels like it's kind of designed. You know what I yeah. mean? Like the first game is very much like we've made Pac-Man. He can run and jump. Uh, let's put some platforms for him to run and jump on. Whereas this game is like, okay, you got the ice ability. Let's have some like water fountains that you can freeze on like a slide on, or you get the metal shoes, which allow you to reverse gravity, which is always pretty cool. Yeah. Um, there's just a sense of like somebody went through these levels and was like, what's going to be the progression of complexity and giving people new abilities and letting them see obstacles in new ways versus like, uh, I don't know, just put a power up here, put a platform here until they, you know, eat all the ghosts and then they can proceed. It's, it's almost it, less of a sequel than it is a do over. It's like, here's, here's the game yeah. we wanted to make if we'd had an extra year of development time, you know? So that's why they're not really mixing up the core like fundamentals very much because those were already basically sound. This is just an extra year of polish on it and it really comes across. It yeah, it, it is so like when you play a like a total crap game, it can be obvious, you know, it's obvious when things are just non-functional and right. crap. Um but sometimes it can be hard to dictate like why a Mario platformer is better than kind of just uh, your usual competent platformer. Yeah. And I think that playing these two games really sort of demonstrates that, okay, even if you have the, f even if your game is fundamentally sound, you still like level design and sort of pacing goes such a long way in keeping the player playing. Yeah. Yeah, it just like, and it, just yeah, the little things that you can do to make things better. I mean, I found the chomp mechanic was more accurate here. Uh, so you yep, could like there's there's a oh, good. There's very nicely like they put a little score meter um like when you chomp a ghost it'll give you some amount of points mm -hmm. and like if you chomp many in order um you know you'll get a multiplier which increases your score and like the score doesn't really matter. No as you would expect but like i like that for a couple reasons because like score it started as a fundamental aspect of what pac-man is about is trying to chain a bunch of ghosts within one uh, power pellet yeah. time um and so that's kind of a cool throwback to that and it just gives you one more little layer to keep things interesting like the first game had a lot of segments where you would have to eat like seemingly like 20 ghosts in a row before you could proceed right here, mostly, like, you might have to move, get six. Right. But like, it the, just moves so much more And briskly. the different ghost colors are now different, like, enemy types. Like, a green ghost will sit yeah. in the corner and throw a slime at you, and a pink one will dodge in at you, you know? So you can kind of... There's a little bit of strategy to the combat, uh, which I was not expecting them to have. I mean, the designs of the suits have gotten much creepier. Uh, I don't know, like, <laughs> because they all seem to be based around his tongue for some reason. Yeah. Which I didn't, I wasn't thinking of Pac-Man as a character with a tongue, but the first time you try on the frost suit, like, a, a very phallic-looking metal tendril comes out of his <laughs> mouth, 
and he looks like Tetsuo the Iron Man is like crossed over with sure. Pac-Man all of a sudden. And it's just, it's a weird, creepy design. And then I'm like, okay, well, that's just a weird one-off. And no, then the magnet suit is also a tongue. And then the chameleon suit is also a tongue. It's like, what are we, what are we doing with this tongue here? Yeah. It was just creeping me out. But, uh, yeah, but I, I like yeah, there bizarre. are sections where you get to play as uh, his two friends and like vehicular oh, yeah. sections. And it's like I was expecting it just to be like the same thing, just with different vehicles or whatever. But it's really not. There's like one section plays more like Panzer Dragoon. The other feels mm-hmm. a little bit more like Wipeout, you know, so they, yeah. they're uh, uh, mixing up the gameplay. It feels like those. Uh... Those and any asteroids levels you have to play between every level of Earth. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which is, you know, neither of these modes are like great. They're not like fantastic examples of that. But but they're also not long. You know, they're not. They're not long and they they break things up nicely and they just, you you know, I don't think that these these other characters are bursting with personality, but it's nice. I, if they're going to be in the game, I at least want to see them in action a little more to get more of a feeling of what they're like, as opposed to them just being sort of weird on the side and being like, yeah, go Pac-Man. <laughs> um, and so I, I I thought those were very welcome as well. Um, I do. I was kind of bummed. I mean, this is more of a symptom of just having played both games back to back. But like you have to start in the city in both games. Oh, yeah. um, and I just got pretty sick of that environment. And I wish that there was um, I wish the second game sort of let you out of the city faster. Yeah. Into some of the more the weirder environments you, like you get to go to pac Lantis after that. Yeah. Oh, OK, that seems yeah, pretty that's cool. pretty fun. But yeah, they, they do mix it up. But yeah, I agree. You're, you're staying in a very gray looking city for the first like long sections of both games, which is uh, the most visually dull thing this game does. But yeah. yeah, no, I I, uh, I was pleasantly surprised by by uh, this sequel here. It's a substantial improvement uh, and and a pretty fun little platformer. Yeah, no, it it was it was very cool to just uh, recognize at its core, like it's the little things. Like every each each aspect of polish can make a big difference um, on your game. And like the first game, I, I don't, is like such a baseline, like. I couldn't I couldn't even really recommend it because there's so many other games that one could play that sort of scratch the same kind of itch, including um, the second. The game. Second, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the second game essentially renders the first one. Yeah. Moot, um, you know, since basically the story and visuals are the same. Um, and but the second game, I'm like, wow, they actually took this game that I was so lukewarm on, you know, just a hour they ago warmed it up. and made it into something that i'm excited about yeah, yeah they yeah, warmed they, it up they they got it boiling they and it. use it to flavor my yeah, tea perfect yeah i mean i wish i cared a little bit more about the source material here like this this yeah. uh while i kind of like that this show exists and was marketed to like younger kids now uh it, it still wasn't a very compelling show and the world is just kind of weird and confusing but uh you know but i still think like you could ignore that easily enough and have a good time with this game yeah. Uh, shall we move on to our rankings? Yes, we All shall. All right. Uh, yeah, each week we are uh, ranking the games that we have just played. Uh, I will go first on here. Um, I will say, yeah, Pac-Man, the Ghost of the Adventure is one. Uh, less fun. I think there are some good baseline stuff here, but uh, it felt a little bit rushed. Not really my thing. Uh, I'm putting this at number 52. Uh, that's going to be underneath Monster Hunter ult- uh, 3 Ultimate. 
Uh, but Pac-Man and the Ghostly Adventures 2 is going a, quite a bit higher. I enjoyed that game quite a bit. I think it's uh, very solid and entertaining. It's going to go at number 33 underneath Jeopardy. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, I think we're pretty much in the same boat. I I think my gulf between enjoyment was maybe even bigger than yours. Um, I'm going to put uh, the first Pac-Man Ghostly Adventures at number 88 which is right under the Sonic Last World and ahead of Legend of K, games that were technically both uh, both playable and functional, but also very uninteresting. Right, yep. Um, and Pac-Man 2, Pac-Man the Ghostly Adventures 2, um, I'm going to put at number 27. Oh, hell yes. Which is uh, between Cars 3 and Lego City Undercover. That's a good spot. Uh, all right, very cool. I'm 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 glad uh, that we both had a positive experience with the second one. I was not really expecting to have one, so uh, it, it's always nice to be surprised like that. And, and it is it is really nice too. Like for as many of the sort of um, ca- cash grabby feeling games that we've played for this system, it feels like it could have been very easy. Like the the first game sold well, and there was probably a sense of hey. We can just do that again and probably sell yeah. okay. Um, but the fact that they really went in and made effort to improve things, um, it just warms yes, my heart. Yes, I appreciate that they that, did it. That, that is always nice. No, to it's see. very nice. It's very nice. Um, all right. So we have a couple of letters this week. Uh, so this first one starts Hey, Woody and Steve. Uh, I was Hello. really looking forward to your episode on Wind Waker HD. And you let me down. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of the GameCube game and was in the middle of playing through it again when I stumbled upon a patch for the GameCube version called Better WW. Basically, it allows you to patch an ISO of the GameCube game with a lot of the quality of life features implemented in the HD remaster. Things like the sure. swift sail open to invert the C stick, uh, allowing you to change trajectory of your swing, etc., etc. So, anyways, I was very excited, but I still found myself being drawn to the Wii U remaster. I finally decided to take the plunge and I picked up a console minus gamepad for one seller, uh, a copy of the game from another, and was lucky enough to get my hands on a recently priced or a decently priced Zelda edition gamepad. I'm about cool. to enter the low the Tower of the Gods, and wow, you guys were spot on with your take on the HD remaster. The game always looked good, but now it just looks even better. The game ca- the gamepad does add some nice features as well. It was definitely the reason I ended up picking up the Wii U, and now that I have been able to uh, picking up some other games, uh, including Affordable Space Adventures and Super Mario 3D Land. Uh, nice. I hope you both end up finishing your Wind Waker playthrough on the Wii U. Perhaps it will change your ranking in the end, as a lot of people feel that the second half of the game really struggles to keep up momentum. Lastly, not sure if you've ever listened to any of Jonathan Goldstein's podcasts, like Heavyweight or Wiretap, but I think Woody shares a lot of his same mannerisms and a sense of humor, which is a compliment. Oh, anyway. good. Thank you for adding that last part. Anyway, keep <laughs> up the good work, Brad. P.S. I ended up selling all 100 bun- bunches of basil at the farmer's market, in case you were wondering. So there we go. We got some resolution on basil gate. <laughs> good. I, 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 yeah, well, I mean, that sort of renders all of the follow-up letters moot, right? Because they were all just asking about uh, basil. Oh, yeah. No, that's all anybody was ever asking about. So we don't, we don't need to continue with that. Uh, but thank you for writing in. We're, uh, it's always it's nice to hear people are uh, uh, seeking out this remastered version. It's it's kind of you know a really compelling reason to have a, a Wii U. I think it's one of the yeah. one of the few really compelling reasons to uh, own this console. <laughs> uh, this next letter says, "Hey guys, I'm a big fan of your Patreon content. I'm sad I had to stop because I look forward to seeing what new series you guys would cover." 
Do you have a favorite series that you've discussed? And are there any series that you didn't get to that you wanted to talk about? Or do you feel you've covered everything you wanted to cover? And this one was unsigned. But uh, thank you for sending that unsigned. Um, <laughs> yeah, so for, for those who don't know, over at Patreon, we did uh, a show called Ultra 64 DD. It was a deep dive into a different series or franchise that people would vote on. Um, I'll do, I'll do a real quick read-through of the series that we did cover. Contra, James Bond, Metroid, Tony Hawk, Narc, Streets of Rage, Star Fox, Jaws, Splatterhouse, Silent Hill, Legacy of Kane, Adventure Island, Batman, Robocop, 50 Cent, Battle Clash, Parappa the Rapper, Mortal Kombat, Clay Fighter, American McGee's Alice, Twisted Metal, Borderlands, Disney Afternoon, Wario, Panzer Dragoon, Seventh Guest, A Boy and His Blob, The Simpsons, and we just wrapped up the series with Metal Gear Solid. Holy shit, we really covered a lot of games. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. So I, 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 I read, I hear, I, I read that list, and it's just like, this is a really diverse uh, suite of franchises <laughs> here. Like, and I'm kind of happy with the weird variety there. Yeah, for sure. I think, I mean, based solely on my tastes, um, like of the what were my favorite, I think we kind of peaked early. Like, I think that Contra and Metroid and maybe Tony Hawk yeah. are like the three highest quality series that we talked about yeah with the, the, the biggest um, highs and the fewest lows yeah yeah exactly and you know and i guess we finished strong too like metal gear solid games were great all the way up yeah. to the end um and i uh, were, were there any that really stood out to you as a personal favorite that we uh, did you know i i really got into the mortal Kombat series i really enjoyed mm-hmm. uh playing all of those games and i got a new appreciation for for that whole franchise and i really like panzer dragoon uh i came away mm-hmm. really loving those games nice um in terms of one i think the only one that I would have really have liked to have done that we never got around to was uh, Prince of Persia. I had that on my list too. Yeah. Yeah. I I felt like that fit very well into like two or three episodes. I, I always find it interesting when you have a older franchise that, you know, grew out of like, in this case, like early computers, like I think an Apple, Apple computer Mm -hmm. or something. Um, I don't know when when that showed up first, but then the way that has to make like progressive jumps, because like every console generation had some attempts at Prince of Persia. And it's always interesting to see those attempts. It's not necessarily my favorite series, but it would been one that I would have been curious to know. more. Yeah. And that's a that's another series that kind of has very distinguishable uh, eras, you know, like you can kind of break it up pretty easily and talk about these very distinct and very different eras. And yeah, I'm with you. Like, I don't think I wouldn't consider Prince of Persia like a favorite series, but Sands of Time might be a top 10 game for me. Like that is a pretty incredible game. Amazing game. Uh, I would have really, for similar reasons, I would have really wanted to talk about Wolfenstein, uh, which is another series that's had so many different bizarre iterations and it's like had it's been rebooted like six times and it's like there's always <laughs> new and interesting takes on it uh and i also would have loved to talk about odd world uh because yeah. odd world is uh odd it's very strange it's very unique um and I, there's just really nothing quite like that series so it's it's one of the few franchises that isn't built around like a main character yeah. or like some very specific iconography it, it, it hence the title it's built around the world yeah, yeah. so you you get some very 
sort of off the cuff. Thing, That's a but. narrative thing that just always really connects with me. Like if you have like a series that's based around the environment rather than one specific character arc, you know, like I don't want to follow character. Mm -hmm. I like the idea of like, all right, what's going on uh, way on the east side of this land while this adventure is going on in the west? You know, things like Discworld or, or Oddworld, things like that. Like Or Dark Darksiders. Darksiders says that, yeah. Yeah, I was really enjoying yeah, that. Yeah, no, I, I agree. But I think that's something that you have to establish early because if you don't set that up at the beginning, you're going to work yourself into a corner. Yeah. It's like, I think that, you know, Metal Gear, probably Kojima would have liked to be able to go that direction and be like, oh, we're going to explore these other stories. But like once Metal Gear Solid 2 came out and, you know, people revolted, right. he's like, OK, I guess they have to be about. Yeah, Snake. yeah, exactly. Yeah, it got all confusing from there. Uh, but yeah, that Patreon content still available just for five dollars. You can go to ultra or Patreon dot com slash ultra 64 pod. You can find all of those episodes, 200 something of them. Mm -hmm. And I and I will say like one one last yeah. thing on that like there's not when you actually go through the list of like video game franchises yeah. there's not all that many of we, them we we would um, have run out yeah we would have run out yeah. after a point um you know um, not not but you, soon you can, but yeah no but you can definitely like if depending on how you feel about doing huge franchises you know like Mario Sonic or Final Fantasy yeah. like. We, we weren't crazy about the idea of having to, you know, spend four months talking about one thing. Especially because it, um, it's it's things that have, things that have been very well covered. Like, you know, they're, right. they're, there's not a whole lot new to say about them. But, yeah, it's like most of sort of – most of franchise games are just sort of these ten major, major franchises. Yeah. And there's not a lot of sort of long-running – B-level franchises, which is why I think, you know, Prince of Persia or um, Oddworld both stand out to yeah. us as, like, sort of interesting. And, and I liked when we got to talk about a few of those tiny, like, two-game franchises, like Battle Clash or 50 Cent or things sure. like that. Like, they, yeah. you know, it's interesting to look into the failed franchises as well. Yep. Um, one last letter, and I think maybe the record for our shortest lever, letter ever Uh Hey, guys, I've always imagined Woody looks like Art Garfunkel. Signed, Carl. <laughs> I wouldn't say that's accurate. I would not. No, uh, no, no I, mean, I also both, wouldn't you say You're both that. similarly a voice of a generation. Sure. Um, I think both of us look meaningly more like Paul Simon than we do like Art Garfunkel. Yeah, I would say that's probably accurate. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're both so, Simon-esque. But just at different, neither of just us different phases of his career. <laughs> yeah exactly um i mean i guess the implication is that you are the paul simon of the group right? i mean i am the temperamental Which... one and uh, uh i do hang out with lady smith black mambazo a lot so you know you know <laughs> sure. but that's pretty normal that's that's what we do in austin that's true yeah that's yeah. true you just all the members of lady smith black mambazo are just walking around the streets yeah. of austin getting ready to sign yeah they, they live in my apartment complex they're great mm -hmm. they're great perfect um, well thank you for sending that carl uh i, I like the idea that like was it's just, carl like, the fellow who had the dream about no me? no that was uh that okay. was a different person but yeah I, I oh yeah that's right i just i just i was just imagining myself in the dream as art garfield I, I just like that we're building but, this air of mystery around people not knowing what we look like even though like like it's even though it's pretty, pretty easy, easy to, to find, find it's out there we have pictures of us you know yeah, yeah. but either way um the you are, I always think about um, with Art Garfunkel um, the episode of Flight of the Concords where 
Brett and Jermaine are have to perform as a tribute oh, yeah, band. Oh yeah, yeah. And at one point, the uh, Jermaine meets a woman who's only interested in him as he dresses like Art Garfunkel. Right. And the line quote is, "He has to wear the wig while they're uh, making love." And he he says, "quote She calls it Garfunkling," <laughs> which just makes me laugh every time I think about I it. I did when I was a kid, and I first heard that band name. I thought my dad was like making something up to to trick me because I'm like, "There's no way somebody sure. has a name named Garfunkel." Either way, and at the same time, my name is Guntley, you know, so I've got no sure. real reason to talk. But uh, anyway, uh, thank you, everybody, for listening and for writing in. Uh, be sure to tune in next week. We've got a triple feature of uh, probably crap, uh, but it's going to be our <laughs> last, like, little little culmination of shit. I think everything else from here on out is going to be, like, a noteworthy game for some reason. Um, okay. And I'm not trying to sell these short. These might be good, but we're going to be talking about three games based on animated movies. Uh, so we're talking about the Smurfs 2, about Snoopy's Great Adventure, and about the Penguins of Madagascar. So three movie okay. tie-ins, and uh, we might even have a guest in studio. It's going to be very exciting. Wow. Steve, I, I just realized hmm. something. Penguins aren't in Madagascar. <gasps> oh, boy. Is there ever a wacky little array of uh, circumstances that get them there? You... Oh, good. I'm excited to hear all about it, and I expect you to explain it all in your Morgan Freeman voice. Well, and wait till you hear me talk about the Smurfs. I'm Morgan Fremont. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> all right, see everybody. The pack is back.